Well, good morning, church. I know we are all joining online today as we kick off the new year and we get the opportunity to do church together. So I don't know if you're watching on YouTube or if you're at our online campus, but we're really, really glad that you're here. Uh, excited about what the Lord has in store for 2023. Thank you for being a part of our online campus this morning. I was thinking this past week, I, uh, if you don't know me that well, a thing that would probably surprise you, maybe even shock you is, is I love being outdoors. And I know you look at you look at me, and this is not the person you look at, and you go, probably like doing you know hunting and fishing, and I love that kind of stuff. I love riding a tractor. I love cutting down trees. I love being outside. I I really hate camping uh, because I think it's a little silly to pay the same amount to sleep on the floor outside, potentially get eaten by a bear as you know, you would stay in a hotel room. So I don't camp, but other than that, I am like really pro, pro being outside. And a few years ago, I was at a buddy of mine, they, his family has a ranch and I was out at his ranch and I was driving this tractor. I was mowing a, a 50 acre field. So it was this big old field and it hadn't been mowed in a while. So the grass and the wheat and everything was about the cab of the, of the tractor. And and it was awesome. I, I am somebody that really likes to accomplish stuff. And so getting to mow, like seeing this field be all horrible and awful and then mow it and see the end result was incredible. And so all day long, I'm just having the best time. I mean, the tractor's air conditioned, of course, but I'm having an incredible time mowing this field. And I get to the very end of the day and I've got about an acre square left to mow. And I, I, look down at the time and I see that it's, it's time to go eat dinner. And so I, I go in and eat dinner and I'm just gonna, I'll just, I'll finish the field tomorrow. And so I'm sitting there eating dinner and this this feeling of dissatisfaction is just, I, I have to finish this tonight. And so I decide after dinner, you know what, I'm going to go do it. The tractor has, it, it kind of has some lights. And so I'm going to just go out there and I'll, I'll make it work. I just got this little bit left. So I get out there, get all the way out there. And it is like, dark, just real dark. And all day long, I had been listening to an audiobook. Um, and you're, I need to preface this story. So you're never going to look at me the same from this moment on. So just know you're going to be a little bit ashamed of me. But I listened all day long to the book Jurassic Park. And if you don't know the story, if you haven't lived on, on the earth for a little while, the story of Jurassic Park is essentially, and every movie's the same, so spoiler alert if you haven't seen any of the movies, man brings back dinosaurs from extinction, the dinosaurs get out, they eat men, then they get them back in, man, humanity feels bad about the decisions that it's made, and then just rinse and repeat, and they've made a billion dollars on those movies. Well, the book is different, and it is so scary. It is so much scarier than the, than the movies ever were. So by the time I get to the field, I'm going to finish this little tractor, this little spot on the tractor. I, I, I am terrified, not kind of scared. It's pitch black out there. I can barely see on the tractor. And I, I am so, so scared because the part of the book I'm at is where the T-Rex gets out and he starts to eat people. And in the moment, for whatever reason, I am convinced that I am about to get attacked by a dinosaur. And it's, I'm scared enough that I check the gun to make sure that I have a bullet in the chamber. I, I make sure that like when I park this tractor and have to go unlock the gate, I'm gonna sprint all the way to the gate, unlock it, and then sprint back to the tractor. I was so scared that I was afraid if an animal came out, uh, whether a deer or a pig or something, I was gonna 
to shoot through the cab of the tractor because I was that afraid, which I know is irrational. It's, it's a dinosaur. I know that they have been extinct for a good little amount of time, and yet I was so, so scared. But I'd listen to that. I'd listen to that book all day. I mean, the whole day. So it was different from morning and afternoon to night. It was just dark. And it was, it was real dark. But the only difference from morning to night is that it was dark. And in that dark place, my mind just raced. It was just going and going and going. Even if I could logically understand that fearing a dinosaur in that moment is, is delusional. It makes no sense at all. They're, they're not going to pop out. They haven't been around in a good little while. And yet the darkness made my mind just race. And I would guess... I would guess you have that feeling sometimes too. You can at least relate to the feeling, maybe not about dinosaurs, but you can relate to that feeling of, of the dread of the unknown or, or the times where you just begin to fear and you, you know the fear is irrational and you can't stop it or, or the worry about things in the future, the monsters lurking in the dark. And we can get to this place that we, because of the darkness around us, we feel just overwhelmed and scared might be about your retirement account and the unknown of like you were really wanting to retire in the next couple of years and yet you don't know what that's going to look like. Fear about your kids and their futures. Any parent will tell you that they have wrestled with fears about their, their kids and as they get older and the decisions that they make and the friends they make and the colleges they're going to go to and the people they're going to marry could be an unsettledness as you just look at the chaos of the world around you. We, we all can relate to that feeling, probably not about a dinosaur coming out and attacking you, but the, the fear, the anxiety, the worry of the unknown that, that dark can often make us feel. See, the reality of all of our lives is we can get into the habit of living our lives in the dark places, not, not physically per se, but, but spiritually. We've just get accustomed to this feeling, this, this undercurrent in all of our lives, this undercurrent of the unknown and this undercurrent of worry and this undercurrent of the, the, the stress that we feel as our thoughts are racing when we go to bed or, or as we get up in the morning. We feel all these things just right underneath the surface of our life. And, and what the Lord has for you and for me is something so much better than living our lives in the dark, unknown, stressful, anxious, worry-filled places. He has something so much better for us. So if you grabbed a Bible when we, whenever we were going to jump on today, if you grabbed one, open up to Psalm 119. We're going to be in verse 105. And if you've grown up in the church, you've probably heard this verse. It's a pretty common verse that we've heard. It's a pretty common verse that we talk about in the church world. We teach our kids about it from the time that they were little. It is, it's one of those coffee cup verses that we have. But I think because of that, often with scriptures like that, what happens is we get so used to them that we just fly over the sheer magnitude of what the verse is trying to get us to understand and convey to us. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. His word, the, the Bible, His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to the path that we're living on. And now here's where I think we miss the, the magnitude of this verse because we've heard it for so long. Or maybe that's the first time you've ever heard that verse, but we, we just miss the gravity a little bit of what the psalmist was writing. Because if we read through the lines a little bit about what King David was saying, basically what he was saying is the, the preset for the entire world is dark. 
He says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And what that means is that everything else outside of that was dark. And I think if we look around the world and we think about the world and we imagine what's going on in the world, or maybe even in our own sector of life right now, we can feel the reality of the darkness and the foreboding nature of the world around us. And we need the light and the lamp that's talked about in Psalm 119. 105. And without the word of God lighting our path, we're stumbling through this life in the dark. And what God says is, no, 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 no. You, you've been given the light. We, we've give, I've given you the light that you need, that we need in our lives. If we want the life that God has for us, this life that Jesus talked about in John 10 when he said he came to this earth so that we might have life and not just life, that we might have abundance. If that's the life that Jesus has for us, and Psalm 119 tells us that that path is illuminated for us through the word of God, we really need to figure out how do we walk that life out in our day in and day out lives. When King David was talking and writing in Psalm 119, this is the image that he used. So a lamp, right? Doesn't have a light in it, but it's a lamp. It's not a floodlight. That's what we would prefer, right? We would prefer to open up the Bible and it to be a crystal ball for us that just told us this is everything you need to do tomorrow and the next day and every day moving forward. That is the way you need to live your life is just open the Bible. Here's everything about it. That's not the image King David used. The image that King David used for us as it comes to the word is a lamp that would illuminate the, the areas around our feet and the path that's directly in front of us. The image isn't of one seeing into the future, it's having guidance in the now. Mark Batterson, he said it like this, he gives us just enough revelation, just enough grace, just enough strength. Why? So that we will live in daily dependence on him. It isn't something that we, in the, the words of the late great Billy Mays, just set it and forget it. And that's often how we can treat the word. We, we can treat it like a vitamin that we took in 2014. And then we expect to have, it helps our bodies in 2023, have an effect on our world. But that, that's not what it is. It's a, it's a daily vitamin that we take daily. And his word, if it's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, his word has to become a, a daily part of our lives. And I know this is... It's so profoundly basic, and yet it is so foundational and important for us to understand and begin to implement in our life. I know, I know people, and what, what I believe about people, I know there are many of you that are thinking, well, all right, God said to do it, and so I'm just going to do it. And while that's true, if we read the Bible out of obligation, what, what happens is, is we miss the real heart of God that's being revealed to us in Scripture. Reading the Word should never, ever be about obligation, but, but instead an opportunity for us to know God. It's, it's where He reveals Himself to us. He, it's where He shows us His heart for us and for humanity. 
Scripture gives us a chance to have him work and dissect our heart and encourage us and challenge us and guide us. And I, that is the reasons that we read the word, not out of oblig, obligation, but what an opportunity for you and I to know God. I mean, forget obligation, the sheer reality that God Almighty, who breathed the universe into existence, shows us himself through his word should be one of the most tremendous blessings of our lives. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I can tell you from experience, there are the times when I'm not grabbing hold of this lamp every day and I'm not letting it illuminate my life that I can begin to feel the worry, the fears. My thoughts can begin to race. I can begin to grab hold of lies that the enemy might be telling me about me or about my family or about things that are going on in my world. And I can begin to feel that darkness begin to close in because I haven't done the daily guidance that is offered to me in the word. So here's my challenge for you. This is going to be pretty basic, but pretty foundational. Just read the word. And I know that's something that you hear pastors say all the time, but for all the reasons that I've said and a million more, we have to get into the habit of taking the daily dose of our vitamin of the word. It is what will allow us to feel confident in living the life that God has for us. So as we jump into 2023, many of us are going to set New Year's resolutions. And if you think about New Year's resolutions, no one in the history of New Year's resolutioning which is probably not the right way to say that, but no one has ever gone, my New Year's resolution for the next year, I would like to lose the beach body. I would like to sleep less than I do usually. I would like to decrease my family time. That's ridiculous. No one, no one has ever done that. No one's ever said that. We do New Year's resolutions because we want to, to move forward in our life. We want to have a better, more fulfilling life. We say like, I want to go to the gym three times so that I can, I can get healthier. Or I, I want to make sure that I leave work on time every day so that I can have dinner with my family. Or I want to read 10 books this next year. We always do New Year's resolutions based on the foundation that we want to move forward in our life. The one who breathed everything into existence shows us his heart through his word. The one who offers us peace in situations where we should absolutely not have peace shows us what that looks like through scripture. The one who is near the brokenhearted reveals his very nature to us in the Bible. And we would recognize that all those things are, are good things for us, that all those things about God are things that would, yes, they would make our life better. And yet for many of us, we'd be hesitant to put it on our list of New Year's resolu resolutions because we've tried that and failed. It didn't work the last time. And so we're hesitant to put it on this time. And, and the crazy thing for so many Christians is we don't ever engage the Bible because we just feel shame about the whole reality of reading the Bible, that maybe we did feel like God said, do this, you must do this, read the Bible, and then we didn't, and we feel shame. Or, or maybe it is that we put it on a New Year's resolution list, and, it, and we failed before. Or maybe it's we just set a goal, and, it, and we didn't meet through on that goal, and we begin to feel this shame. And I've talked to countless Christians 
that shame is the primary motivator for them to not read the Bible. They've grown up in church and served in different areas of ministry and been in life groups, maybe even led life groups, and yet Scripture has been the thing that they just haven't ever done because they tried it and then it didn't work for them and they didn't read it like they said they were going to and they feel shame. Shame is one of the greatest tools of the enemy to keep Christians from engaging the Word of God. We get stuck in this cycle of feeling ashamed because we didn't read the Bible, and then the enemy pours into that shame, and so we feel even more shame about the shame that we're feeling, and then it just perpetuates and snowballs on us, and we sit at the end of this, this mountain full of just this giant snowball of shame. Here's what I know. If you feel shame about not reading the Bible, it did not come from the Father. He does not motivate us by shaming us. Yeah, there are times that, that he's going to convict us. And with the Bible, he desperately wants us to read the Bible, but not so that we can not feel shame, not so that we can do the good Christian things, but because it is where he reveals all of who he is. It's where he shows us so much about everything to do with our lives. It is the light and the lamp that we need to walk out the abundant life that God has for us. So if that's you and you're stuck in this cycle of shame and it's preventing you from reading the word, here's my challenge. Tell somebody. The book of James tells us that when we confess our sins, or in this case, our shame, one to another, that we find healing because the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective. And so if that's you and you've been stuck in shame and it's prevented you from reading your Bible, just tell somebody and then watch how God will use confession to give you healing. And now for all of us, no matter how we came into this journey, no matter what our plans have been for 2023, let's, let's jump into 2023 allowing our lives to be illuminated by the word of God. But it would be crazy to have a New Year's resolution and not have some practicals to it. So if you want to get fit for 2023, if you just write on there, be less fat, your resolutions are going to fall through the cracks because you don't have anything to like take a first step on. So here are some practicals really quickly to wrap up today. Here are some practicals for you to let the word of God become an important part of your life in 2023. The first thing is this, set a goal. Not for the sake of setting a goal so that you can pat yourself on the back and feel good that you did the Bible reading thing. But no, we are just people who need goals. We do best when we have goals. But here's the deal. When you fail, and you will fail, there will be a day that you don't read it. What the enemy loves to do in that moment is to then cause you to go, well, I messed up yesterday. I just can't do it today either. And we let yesterday's failures become today's failures that become tomorrow's failures. If you messed up yesterday, you didn't meet your goal yesterday, guess what? Tomorrow's a new day. Press reset, jump right back into the goal that you had, and don't let a failed goal become the thing that stops you from engaging the word which you want to engage in 2023. And kind of along those lines, the next practical is this, get a Bible reading plan. It will help you, most of them actually have goals within them, but it will, it'll help you navigate what it looks like to read the Bible, especially if reading the Bible has never been something that you've done in your life. And there are tons of them online. You, you can find, I'd also encourage you, if you're a digital reader, like I'm a digital reader, 
maybe the most, I think I read this, and if this is a wrong statistic, just forgive me. I believe the Bible app, which you can find on the Google Play Store and the Apple Store, I believe it is the most downloaded app of all time. And it's been translated, that Bible app has been downloaded in like 100 countries. And if I butcher those statistics, I'm sorry. I can just tell you this. It's a tremendous app. It's the app that I use to read my Bible most often, which leads me to another practical. Read it how you'll read it. It, if the Bible on your iPad and your iPhone has the same words in it as a physical Bible, same thing. And so if you're more inclined to reading on your phone or reading on an iPad, it's okay to read it on a piece of technology. If you're an audible person, start off by just listening to it and listening to the stories of the New Testament or listening to the Psalms. If you know you're not a morning person, don't set the goal to be to read it at 6 a.m. in the mornings when you know that that's going to be difficult for you. Read it when you'll read it. Read it how you'll read it. So at lunch, come back from lunch 10 minutes early. Spend a little bit of time in the Word. Do it before you go to bed. Do it when you have these natural breaks. But the practical is just read it how you'll read it. Another one is this, start in the New Testament. It feels weird to open up a book and read like two-thirds of the way through. That would be an insane way to read a book. If you read other books, don't read it like that. But with the Bible, I would tell you, most people open it up and they just begin with, with Genesis. And then they go from there and get stuck pretty quick because we read the Old Testament in light of the New Testament. So start in the New Testament. Start with the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And just read the stories about Jesus how he came to this earth, the miracles that he did, the amazing things that happened in the, in the beginning of the early church. And you get to Acts and you really get to hear about how the church began to be formed and what it began to look like for people to do life with one another and then the different letters to the churches. I mean, the New Testament is so practical for your everyday life now. So maybe your goal for 2023 is just, I want to read the New Testament in 2023. And then Go back and read the Old Testament and read it in light of the Jesus that we hear about in the New Testament. We'll understand so much more about the Old Testament. The last tip I'll give you is this, and this is a really important one. Find someone to help keep you accountable. Proverbs says that as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And with this journey, if you've never really engaged the word before, you will find so much more success if you will do that process with another person. So grab a life group leader, a spouse, a trusted friend, and just say, hey, I really want to read my Bible more this year. Can you just ask me every once in a while? And you know the frequency that you need to be asked. Maybe it's text me every day or call me once a month. Figure out what best works for you, but find somebody that'll ask you those questions. And there are not a ton of like really great things about technology in the year of our Lord 2023, but you can keep someone accountable pretty easily. You can be standing in line at the grocery store and shoot out a quick text. Hey, how's your Bible reading plan been going? Super easy, but it will allow you to find so much more success on this journey. And my hope and my prayer for each and every one of us as we kick off the new year is that we don't stay in the status quo, that we don't settle for just the darkness that the world already exists in, but that we find the life that God has for us, that Jesus told us about, the life of abundance. And we allow the light of the word of God to illuminate our lives. Let's pray really quick. God, we thank you so much for your word. 
We thank you, God, that you gave us your word and you reveal your heart for us and you reveal your heart for the world. You reveal your nature. You reveal your love for us, sending us Jesus. God, you have so much in store for us. We not settle for anything less than the life you have for us. Would you give us grace and boldness as some of us take this journey for the very first time? Would you give us grace and boldness to run wholeheartedly after what you might have for us? And would we allow our lives to be illuminated by your word? It's in your name we pray. Amen.